If investing seems complex and is giving you a headache, simplify, simplify, simplify. Hey guys, what's happening in your part of the world today? I assume you're fighting off inflation somewhere, doing the good work there. Same here, unfortunately, but I'm glad to have you here listening. I'm Eric Powers with Sky Blue Wealth, and in today's show, we're not going to be solving inflation problems. Unfortunately, that would take an act of Congress or maybe a few. But what I do want to talk about today is how investing doesn't have to be super complicated. I always talk about a slow and steady approach, and I believe consistency is the key to really building wealth over your lifetime. And of course, we have to avoid pitfalls along the way as well. And about those pitfalls, some of them actually do come from making investments too complex, or trying to game the system, or timing the market, you know, things like that. They're totally unnecessary because the stock market is designed to pay off in the long run to give the average American the chance to increase their savings by multiplying it year after year. So today we're going to use the simple example of Warren Buffett. You might have heard of this guy, right? I read a story the other day about one of his favorite investments, and I think his name popped into the news story because he was talking about dodging cryptocurrency and Bitcoin in particular. Anyways, he claimed he wouldn't buy Bitcoin at any price. And now in the back of his mind, he knows he could have made a fast buck if he had wanted to maybe, but his approach in investing just wouldn't allow him to do that. It's too risky. It's speculative. It undermines his simplistic approach to investing, right? And I've got no problem if you're intrigued by Bitcoin or any other crypto craze, as long as you don't get tricked by the shiny objects thinking that they will be something huge in the future when there's an enormous amount of risk attached to them. The simple example that we're going to look at today is unlikely to go out of style in the future, but digital money might. We're talking about the candy store that Buffett invested in long time ago, C's Candy. And if I were a betting man, I'd say candy will be eaten by humans for at least the next 200 years. And in fact, dentists are also depending upon it in order to keep their bills paid after all. So candy is a staple in most societies. It is simple. It tastes good. It's a treat. It's a pleasure. It's great. I love it. And it's been around for ages. With more complex investments, you don't know how things could turn out. For example, Airbnb or Uber. They're newish businesses, right? And they've boomed and they snatched up a ton of market share from other businesses like hotels and taxi companies. Great, but these Johnny-came-latelys have very little historic data to actually back it up or impress us. So what kind of change am I alluding to then? No idea. But people like Elon Musk and younger versions of him, they're tinkering with ideas right now that could make Airbnb obsolete and make Uber seem like a horse and buggy, but who knows? But what we can be fairly certain of is that companies that have stood the test of time at least have some staying power. And we can't guarantee, obviously, any specific returns, but they have a background of stability, and that's important. And by the way, remember how I mentioned C's Candies? Remember, I am not making any investment advice in this podcast, and you shouldn't take anything on this podcast as a recommendation or advice. This is simply for general explanation and education purposes. But back to it. So let's look at the numbers of this quiet little company that impressed Warren Buffett so much that his company, Berkshire Hathaway, first invested in, but then went ahead and bought the whole shebang. Oh, and by the way, here are some other names of giant organizations that are also part of Berkshire's portfolio. Berkshire owns a good chunk of Bank of America, 12.8%. They own 5.6% of Apple. Coca-Cola, they own 9.2%. They own Kraft Heinz, more than a quarter of the company, 26.6%. They own 8.9% of Chevron and 20% of American Express. These statistics, by the way, came from the Hustle newsletter. Enormous companies that everyone is familiar with, right? But had you ever heard of this little candy company, Seize Candy, before? 
it represents less than 0.1% of Berkshire's total holdings. Yet Buffett's called the 100-year-old chocolate company his prototype of a dream business. And this little business began in 1921 and it sprouted from a mother's kitchen, not a boardroom, or not one of today's incubators, which are often evaporators of millions of dollars of seed capital, but that's another story entirely. Seize Candy went from a homemade chocolate recipe to 12 stores and then grew up to be 160 locations. So their sweet, unique selling proposition was quality without compromise, and that was their slogan, and they stuck to it. And this story reminds me of the guy who started Five Guys Burgers. He needed more money than his job was paying him, and he had just gotten divorced and needed to provide better for his kids. So his dad told him to try selling hamburgers. Anybody can do that, he told him. And his mission was to over-deliver better burgers and fries. And it worked out. That simple idea and that simple plan. Same with this little candy company. And so around 1972, Buffett bought that business, mainly at the urging of his future partner, Charlie Munger. So if you're familiar with Warren Buffett conceptually and how he invests, Buffett had begun as what was called a value investor where he would buy low, sell high type of investments. But then Munger came along and apparently got him to pivot a bit and invest in premium businesses that would continue to grow over time. They banked on the distant future being a bigger payoff because they trusted these stable type companies. Staying with C's Candy, even after the expansion of locations, Uncle Warren still wasn't initially super impressed with their revenues. But because he liked the intangibles, he overpaid for this little company, you could say. He bought C's for about $25 million, which was more than six times its earnings and three times its book value. But in terms of future revenues based upon simple principles, this investment was a win for Berkshire. And I'll tell you another difference between this business example and some of today's flashy companies. Well, there's more than one difference to touch on, but here's a couple. The old candy shop turns good profits. Did you know Uber still hasn't even achieved a simple business goal, a net profit? They did post a profit for one quarter, but not for any as a full year, as of May of 2022. It's something to think about, even though Uber isn't a publicly traded company yet. Somehow modern times have focused more on building something unique, and I guess there's a cool factor to it, over worrying about the profits that it may produce. I don't want to take you back too far, but you remember the dot-com era, right? In today's terms, though, it worked out for Facebook. But how many startups have failed with that mindset? So check out the link in our show notes, and you'll actually be able to see this huge list of all of those companies that have failed. Now, another difference in C's Candies and some modern businesses is pricing. Uncle Warren installed a new CEO when he bought that company and advised the CEO not to lower the quality or try to compete on price. Keep doing it how the original owners did it, quality over quantity. Many of today's companies are terrified to raise prices, so they depend upon endless growth. And endless growth is like losing weight with a Reese's cup. It's just impossible. So for example, Netflix has seen declines in their subscribers lately, and this is after a decade of growth. News articles have talked about it like it was the apocalypse, though. How can a company, even as ingrained into life as Netflix, never stall or go backward? I'll say it again. Endless growth is impossible, and to depend on it is a bit pie in the sky. And yes, Netflix does raise prices, and more so, recently. But this just goes to show that sometimes the news can gloss over some of the important things and the fundamentals, such as strong membership overall, alongside growth. Seize Candy, however... When they did have to raise price, they weren't worried about it as much. 
And why? Because doing research, they knew that Sweet Treats had a loyal following, plus their operating expenses were just super low, so the business was self-sustaining. It didn't need any life-saving funding when the economy slowed down. If people were to stop using Facebook and Instagram in mass, I don't know, to protect our mental health maybe, eventually their revenue would dry up because advertisers would simply stop advertising with them because there's nobody there to see them. Another difference between a simple business concept and one more complex, I guess that Facebook, or Meta I should say, is here to stay for a while, but chocolatey candy is a very simple singular transaction. A little money for a sweet, enjoyable snack versus some of the modern businesses that rely upon a three-way or four-way transaction, like advertising, which is inherently more complicated. Here's what Charlie Munger said about pricing, though. Ward and I raised the prices of C's candies a little faster than others might have. There are actually people out there who don't price everything as high as the market will easily withstand. And once you figure that out, it's like finding money in the street. And that's a pretty solid quote there. Like finding money in the street. That's the power of simple business and simple investing. You don't look to strike it rich with the next Meta or Amazon and getting in early. There's a lot of luck involved with that. No, you actually look to rake in the easy returns on proven assets and proven strategies over time. No worrying about the newest technology. No bombastic strategies that make playing the stock market feel like you're playing roulette with your savings. That's not a great way to prep for retirement. It's very stressful if you ask me. With the slow and steady approach, Buffett and Munger were very successful with their little candy operation. They could have sold the business anywhere along the line, let's say maybe even five or ten times what they had paid for it. But holding on to it turned out to be the right move. No rush to take the money in and run because the business was a reliable investment year after year going forward. And hanging on to it was wise in this case. Since 1972, C's Candy has generated an 8,000% return. On a yearly basis, that's 160% per year. It's a simple but amazing story of a company relying upon old school business practices like providing value and not getting ahead of itself. Keeping the main thing the main thing. And these principles kept the business alive during the Great Depression, World War II, and has not been hurt by modern e-commerce. C's still make sales in-store, apparently. So the point of this episode is not to sell you all a candy store. And as a reminder, this podcast is not a good reference to be able to make investment decisions. Please do your own research. And I don't happen to own one like Uncle Warren. But to illustrate several points about the smart investing, it doesn't have to be fancy. The stocks and funds you invest in don't have to be all tech all the time or the newest, shiniest services and products. You can simply invest in assets with solid track records, pay attention to who's running the show, meaning like the CEOs and who's on the board, diversify, and don't get caught up in the complex formulas that you keep guessing at. The less guesswork, the better when it comes to retirement planning. Slow, steady, and spotting real entrenched value is how wealth is actually built. If you feel like your retirement plans have become a little too complicated and you need a steadier approach, then simplifying is a logical approach. It never hurts to take a look at what's working for you, what's not, and zero in on ways to avoid wasting time and endless hassles of unnecessary investment tactics. Don't think you have to be Warren Buffett either to spot value investment opportunities. Remember, he at one time was a very small investor and he had to be convinced and take a closer look at the business or businesses that he's invested in and purchased. He also had wise advisors around him and it's a good thing he took their advice. 
Okay, guys, when you're ready and you need guidance on investment plans you have for the future, let me know. Reach out anytime. Thanks for listening and be on the lookout for our next episode. I hope you have a tremendous day. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor.